You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello. Oh, Cecilia, how are you? I'm good, Rachel. How are you? I'm good, except I can't hear you. Oh, you can't hear me. That's because I haven't done this. I thing. also can't hear myself. Is that better? Yes. I am so concerned that I am going to get a wrist injury from doing too many Alexis hands. <laughs> Dang it. Obviously, um, listeners can't see what we're doing, but we're flicking no. our hands like fancy, glamorous ladies. And if you've seen yes. Shits Creek, which, you know, Rachel and I do rave on about a lot. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, you'll know that we're probably, ref- you know, we're, we're just having fun today. Just having and fun. Channeling a little bit of Alexa, a little bit of um, or Alexa. Alexis, sorry, I don't know why I said Alexa. Um, you just, uh, I, it was that thing where Alexa. you're trying to be perfect and it's not easy. Exactly. You're trying to be a Moira. Trying to be Moira. And she's perfect. No one can be Moira except Moira. She's perfect. What's so, wrong with um, your baby? Your baby. Uh, it's, so <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, like, that some people don't even, I, I was on some kind of group thing on Facebook and everyone's watching their holiday movies like um, Home Alone, for instance. We've watched it twice, um, it, it, yeah, two days in a row basically. Like we sat down and watched it with Bryce and Fun. fingers crossed thought, oh, I hope he likes it. And he did so much that he wanted to watch it the next day. So, oh, And, of course, that's got Catherine O'Hara in it. Um, and somebody on this site said, oh, watching Home Alone and I can't believe Moira's in it. And I'm like, oh, my God. How did you not know this? How do you not know Catherine O'Hara? And not only that, it is from a um, a group of people who are obsessed with movies. Oh. It's called like the Movie Crushes group because there's it's – like a podcast that I listen yeah, to. Yeah, so you think that they would be around that and they would know for sure. Maybe oh, it's wow. an age gap. I know. Maybe. She's, she's like But even I know best. that. Mm, maybe they're really young, like really 12 young. Or, <laughs> or 20 because that's really young too, isn't it? Mm, yes. Well, mm. now they know and good for them. Um, and if you actually don't know what you're listening to, uh, it's Unscripted, the film show, uh, with Cecilia and Rachel tonight. Lewis is... Uh, I think it is work Christmas party. He's got a work function, which I assume must be a Christmas party, which is an interesting time to do it Thursday night, um, unless it's just another function. It's their way, the work's way of making sure they don't get too pissy. Because yeah. they'll be like, uh, now you have to go to work tomorrow, so be careful. <laughs> uh, my workplace is doing a, brex- uh, a breakfast um, oh, this year. That's boring. Um, oh, breakfast's the best time, like, thing of... It's my favourite meal. Breakfast is good food, but, you know, you miss out on the, you know, I don't know, there's something about hanging out with your workmates. No. Unless you don't like your workmates. No, I do, but the last time, you know... It's there's so many people who work at my mm-hmm. workplace, so it would be difficult. It's difficult to like talk to everybody, and then it's hot by that time of day, True. and 
then there's lots of people drinking alcohol and you're like, uh, what time can I leave? Yep, and then you've got a and French exit. Yeah, or... and then you've got to make sure that you don't leave before your boss and whereas now it's a set time, 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. and that's it, we can just go. Yeah, I actually work. like that. <laughs> oh, do you have to work after? Oh. Yeah, but that's okay. We get like free breakfast, like yeah. stuff out. Maybe there'll be mimosas. I don't Ooh. know. Well, at probably least you can have not. a nice coffee and probably, I don't know, pancakes, French toast. There better muesli, be a coffee machine. Whatever you like for breakfast. Yeah, there better be. If that there's would be someone the only not making reason. coffees, I would resign. <laughs> This is a terrible Christmas party. Oh, out. speaking of, apparently, the, um, I, I found out that the the mayor of Nedlands or something apparently at the council meeting was reading this thing and didn't realise what it was. It was like somebody's resignation letter or something. Oh. I don't know the full story that's because I foolish. heard it in the grapevine. So that's I was why like, you oh, should wow, always be prepared. You should read things you before read. you read them on air. Often Not we, like us. Well, you know, we are unscripted so we are allowed to do that because... No one pays us to do this job. Yeah, and it's a claw. I mean, the name of our show is literally unscripted. Mm-hmm. So we don't come in scripted at all. We come on air. We often don't even check our um, headphones. I'm not even wearing headphones. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. Next week I will be because I'm going to get myself sorted out. And get my have headphones. you got a doodah yet? I have a doodah. Um, <laughs> I lost my doodah and then Lewis gave me one of his spare doodahs and I misplaced that doodah. No way. But I found it this morning in my car but I didn't have my headphones with me. So. Oh my goodness. But um, you know we do have a fair bit to talk about we tonight. Do. We should move on shouldn't we? Because uh, all year we've been kind of scrambling for content. Um, mm. So now we're slow getting to a point where we have a bit to talk about. Uh, we've got a film called um, Words... Oh, no. Words, words on Bathroom Walls. Words on Bathroom Walls, which uh, you and I seen last night. Mm-hmm. They've um, got some sneak previews this weekend. There's actually a lot of sneak previews happening this weekend for a lot of different movies. Interesting. Intriguing. Might be the time to get out and do that. Mm. Uh, we've got a Christmas gift from Bob... Uh, and we've got a film called Oliver Sacks in his life. If you know anything about the uh, neurologist, Have scientist, no idea uh, who Oliver. is. So we've got that. Um, and then the Revelation Film Festival will be happening soon, starting on December 9th. I spoke about a film that I seen a few weeks ago, so I might just briefly mention that again, called The Crossing, uh, Australian film shot right here in Perth. Very um, cool. A friend of mine's dad is in the film, so that was really cool seeing him pop up. Um, mm. And for a low-budget film, uh, really, it actually looks very well made and put together. So the Revelation Film Festival has been going for, you know, more than two decades and it's great to support that one with lots of local films. So, Speaking yeah. of local films, there's also um, the outdoor cinemas have begun as well. Uh, the Perth Festival Lottery West um, films, uh, that is open now uh, as of the 30th of November. So there is stuff showing already. Next week there's a movie called The Furnace or um, it's running until next week, I should say, um, and that's an Australian film. It's got David Wenham in it um, and I haven't seen it but Arda just mentioned that it is just absolutely amazing. Uh, it's... Set in 19, sorry, 1897 during the gold rush uh, in uh, Harsh Outback. So, yeah, looks really fascinating. And it's uh, set between Mount Magnet and Kalbarri in oh, those kind nice. of areas. So another WA-based uh, film. So that's showing at the Perth Festival. You've got Camelot Outdoors opened, uh, Luna Outdoor at Leederville's opened, 
there's the rooftop on Rose Street um, car park. Mm-hmm. They're just everywhere. We're very, very lucky we to are very be lucky. in a place where we're able to go out and do things and um, particularly see a lot of films that a lot of the world might be missing out on unless they're getting it or well, they're streaming VOD. them. VOD, yep. Yeah, so no, it's, it's really good and um, it's always... It's hard because we often see some gems. We'll go to films that we haven't heard a lot about and we go and see them and they're fantastic and then we get to talk about them. But, um, yeah, it's nice to be able to share that uh, with other people so other people are, you know, enticed to maybe go and see those films. Yeah. If if you can get out there and support uh, your local cinema, it is a great time to be doing it because a lot of people do have a little bit of time off over Christmas <laughs> and there's plenty of things coming out. Um, you can go and see uh, Christmas movies that are older films. Like if you if you want to go down to, you know, go online and have a look at what Luna's got going on. They've got um, Love Actually showing as part of their retro Sundays. That's happening on December the 20th. 21st, uh, the day after, they've got Lunar Monday Doubles and your great Christmas classic, of course, Die Hard, (laughs) and then followed by Die Hard 2. I'm I'm still yet to see it, unfortunately. I really need to I really need to do that. Die Hard. I know. Oh, interesting. I know. Um, But I just want to quickly mention that the they are showing the Nightmare Before Christmas as part of their immersive experiences. So that's happening. uh, on Sunday the 20th as well at Luna Leaderville at 8pm. Now, I mentioned it today because the tickets went on sale today at 12pm and last year, I think it was last year or the year before, they sold out within four hours. Oh, wow. So um, there's probably limited seats due to um, COVID restrictions. So it might be a good idea to go online and buy your tickets early. And, of course, you've you've got the normal things that go along with an immersive experience um, presented by the Monkey Collective and, it you know, goodie bags, instructions on what to do, um, you know, chants to say throughout the movie and, of course, uh, the opportunity to be in the costume competition. So the, there are some photos online of the last one and it's pretty spectacular. So we, we've recently finally watched that film um, because Bryce wanted to watch it. Why not? Um, and he loved it. That's fantastic. He's I now only... walking around going, this is Halloween, this is Halloween. I only so. seen it recently for the first time myself. Well, look um, at us. Yeah, it was something that I've never really been intrigued in and my friend had a post kind of Halloween, you know, Christmas, you know, because mm. obviously you go from Halloween to Christmas. That was her way of, um, yeah, she's a huge Christmas nut. So yeah. we went and watched it on the projector and... Oh, nice. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, um, it's quite a short film though, isn't it? It is relatively short. Mm. I, I must say I dipped in and out of it, but um, it, it held Bryce's attention. So. Excellent. And there is one other film, a Christmas-based film out this week called A Christmas Gift from Bob. Um, this is the second uh, film about a heartwarming friendship between a cat and a street name, a uh, street cut. <laughs> a street cat named Bob. A street cat um, And a, a gentleman who sells the big issue. So a couple of years ago there was a crowd-pleasing uh, film which came out, a street cat named Bob. 
That is true. Which I didn't see. Oh, okay. So just to give everyone a bit of a rundown then. So this was uh, the real story of uh, James Bowen played by Luke Treadway in both films. Um, He was a recovered uh, drug uh, addict. So he was dealing with some drug addiction issues and um, it's kind of his story on how he meets Bob. So this is the first film that I'm referring to. So he gets checked into this... um, what do they call those houses? Uh, halfway house? house? Yeah, halfway house. And it's a slightly run down and, you know, here lies Bob, a stray cat, uh, and they, you know, form up and strike this friendship. And he becomes, he decides to tell his story and becomes this best-selling um, author. Uh, unfortunately, though, um, being an author doesn't mean that you're getting plenty of money. So in the second film, A Christmas Gift from Bob, it tells the story of uh, James and Bob again kind of working on the street so he's still selling the big issue he's got a home and he's doing better I suppose for himself he's certainly not dealing with those drug addiction issues anymore but he's out in the streets he's helping people it's Christmas time so yeah it's um the plot is a little bit of a retread of the first film I suppose you could say um but instead of the drug issues James is now facing a council threat um or particularly a officer from the council who is trying to separate him from uh, his feline friend unfortunately Bob gets a little bit of attention uh, on social media and this uh you know attracts the attention of the council who are like "Mm, should this cat be out on the street should he be you know he's not is he being looked after? So all these questions are raised and that's kind of the plot for this film. So, yeah, look, I, I've i seen both films and, you know, it's interesting because both uh, both the books are based on um, – sorry, both the, both the films are based on books. Um, so one's called A Gift from Bob but they've just thrown the Christmas aspect yep. into it this time because it's the time of the year and the other one is The Little Book of Bob. So both are now screenplays written by um, the ghostwriter of uh, James Bowen. So mm. I found the film a little bit tedious. There's a lot of dialogue involved and, you know... <laughs> I think I found the film a little bit too predictable, particularly with the council side of things. Yeah. And, you know, but what the film really highlights and which I think is important is the difficulties uh, that homeless people face, uh, not just around Christmas but all the time, Mm -hmm. which I think is a really important message to send. But it also shows how a community can rally together uh, and help each other. So there is a nice ending to this film as well so I think there's a lot of hope and you know shared messages in this film I think I was just going in expecting it to be a little bit more I don't know what the word is I mean maybe I just expected more from this film but having seen the first film I wasn't overly blown away I think I would be a fan of the books to be honest Mm -hmm. you know how they met the thoughts going through his head when he meets Bob. But I think it's a lovely story. And unfortunately, um, Bob did sadly pass away in June. I was going to say, I wonder if Bob knows that he's so famous. And in the films, it's actually Bob, so the actual real cat. He does have some um, step-ins though. I was going to say because some doubles. Cats, they like to sleep a lot. He, yeah, 16 hours. So I think he probably only worked one hour and then he got his step-ins. But <laughs> no, it is a lovely story. I think the the story itself is lovely. I just don't think it translates to screen 
in a action-packed way, if that mm. makes sense. So people who don't mind a slow burn film, but films that offer, you know, nice messages and there's a nice story going on will probably enjoy it. But maybe I was expecting a little bit more. I think what happened is the council came out and they were going to, you know, and there was all this talk of taking the cat away and this kind of drama, you know, pursued. And I was like, oh, what's going to happen? And then it kind of just, you know, frizzled out a yeah. little bit. So, yeah, it was it was more that it just frizzled out and – but overall, a nice story. So how many – I don't know. I'm going to score this two big issues. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so Lewis also saw it. Of course, he's not here at the moment, but he gave it a different review he to did. yourself. <laughs> um, so in 2016 – this these are Lewis's words. In 2016, I saw a street cat named Bob, the real-life story of a cat street cat who's close – chooses, sorry, I can't read tonight, uh, a homeless heroin addict to be his human and the friendship changes both of their lives. Uh, After the movie ended, I wanted more and thankfully my dreams have been answered. A Christmas gift from Bob is released on Thursday the 3rd of December just in time to spread uh, the Christmas cheer. This movie is amazing and brings all the feels. Don't wait Get get on this and watch the original as well. Oh, and if I see someone selling, oh, and if you see someone selling the big issue, pick up a copy. It's a good read, and you are helping someone who is being self sufficient, uh, which is correct, and it is a good read. Um, and he is giving it four kitty 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 kitties. <laughs> Cute. Oh, look, I you know that's a great review, and I'm glad that Lewis enjoyed this film. And like I say, it's not a bad film, and it's you know sent some great messages. I just think I was expecting a little bit more, but at the same time, it's based on true story, so you can't maybe you know over dramatize something if it's not you know true. Yeah, so. I just don't know if it was necessary. Well, but I didn't see it, so I might go and read the books and see if I feel a little bit differently. Mm. There is another holiday film out uh, at the moment, which we reviewed last week, which is Happiest Season. We won't give it another review, but um, (laughs) it's bloody brilliant. Um, And yeah, just go and see it. It's wonderful. we saw a another film yesterday. I don't know if you want to talk about that or maybe we should cover a little bit of um, random news that's popped up. We can do that. So um, the they have announced the the Oscars are going to be a real in person proper Oscars. It's not going to be a virtual Oscars. They've at the moment this is the decision. Um it's happening on the 25th of April next year. So it's a little bit delayed because they're normally in February, mm-hmm. I think, February March kind of area. Right. So there is a bit of a delay. It will be a different um, format. It's going to be interesting to see how they deal with the challenges of maybe not everyone being there, everyone not uh, choosing maybe to stay home. So they're certainly going to have to, there's going to be a lot of challenges when it comes to making sure that you've got some form of a connection um, with with the people that have been nominated. But they've done it wonderfully previously, um, of course, with the with the Emmys and, and I think they did it with the Grammys a little bit mm-hmm. as well. Um, so it's been done already. They've already tried and tested it and that sort of stuff. So it seems to be doing okay. Um, so it'll be interesting to see it, uh, but it will be 
different. Yeah. Very it, different. It will be different. Um, and the other news that popped up in my feed uh, made me quite um, quite happy, I guess. Um, Elliot Page. Oh, yes, I did see yeah. this. Lovely. So um, uh, previously known as Ellen Page, uh, Elliot has come out and, and announced that he is tran- transgender and he's... Um, he, uh, uh, I've lost the page now. How, how good of that that I've lost the page on Elliot Page. But anyway, um, he's using the pronouns he and they <laughs> and has just, you know, announced how, um, how happy he is to be able to be comfortable enough to, to speak out and to be his true self. So um, there is no Ellen Page anymore. That is uh, the dead name. So... Um, it'll be interesting to see how people refer to him um, in in media mm. and refer to the dead name because traditionally once someone has transitioned, you generally don't mention the dead name anymore. Mm. But because he's been in so many films, um, there will be, you know, appearing uh, uh, pictured here as... Ellen yeah, Page. Yeah, that's a good point because I know a lot of the um, on the IMDb and things have already been updated, which is really interesting. Oh, that's great. Yeah, which is great. But then there was talk of um, obviously Elliot is in Umbrella Academy and there was a lot of, uh, I suppose, fans were a little bit unsure about how he was going to continue his role in that film. But apparently there's going to be no changes to his character in uh, film. Umbrella Academy is a TV series. Mm. So no changes to the character in the TV series, but obviously still being um, credited, it will be credited as Elliot Page. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's what acting is. You can act as somebody else as a different character. So, no, I think this is really great. And you can tell by the phrasing of uh, his statement, you know, how happy he is. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it was interesting because we seen that film last week, the, you know, happiest season. And there was this talk about, you know, being Being your your authentic self. So I Mm. think that, you know, complements that really nicely. And I think it has um, had pretty favourable reactions, Mm -hmm. which is great. So things are changing. I'm I'm certain there's lots of people who disagree um, and are not happy about it, but, you know, it doesn't affect you. So. Get over it. <laughs> Very true. So but anyway, yeah, so that was that was nice to read. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Lewis was here. No, that was just a sweeper <laughs> he of... He came uh, in. Sweeper of Lewis, his sweet, sweet voice. Sweet, sweet. Sweet voice. Yes, he's um, got no mo anymore. Movember's over. It'll grow back overnight, though. Oh, I he's know. A, he's a hairy he's man. He's probably got it already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris decided to he he was um, sporting a goatee for a couple of months, and he decided to shave the beard part of it off and go into work on Monday with just the moustache, and pe- like just <laughs> to see people's reactions. And everyone was looking at him like, "Did you grow that overnight?" And he's like, "No, I've had a goatee for two months." Like, yeah, but I'm um, thankfully he he shaved it off the next day. Oh, that's that's funny. Mm, yep. I can show you a photo later. I, will, I would love just, to see that. Awesome. No, yeah. congratulations to everyone who participated in Movember. It's a great cause and yeah. I'm interested to see how Lewis did with his fundraising. So, yeah, we'll have to get an update from him when he's in next. So, Which won't good. be next week. I don't know what's happening next week, but he's got something else Ooh, on. Busy, busy, busy man. Busy man. And then hopefully the week after that we will be doing our 
2020 version of top tens and bottom fives. I think it's going to be like what we've enjoyed this year mm-hmm. and some stuff we didn't, didn't really enjoy. like. Yeah. But I mean, it's going to be streaming stuff and so you already know Shits Creek's going to be on there, <laughs> but I don't know whether it's going to be a traditional countdown from 10 to 1. We haven't really decided. But yeah, it's going to be hard to put things in order because for me I've got nothing. I mean, I say this every year, nothing stands out, but yeah, I just think it's going to be too hard. It might just be a rundown of things we've seen that we've enjoyed yep. in no particular order maybe. I, I'm thinking that might be yeah. what's going on because you, you've got – I've. For instance, I've watched um, Schitt's Creek and Ratchet Mm -hmm. this year, two very, very different TV series. (laughs) And I don't know whether I could compare them and put them in any kind of order. So I think that's what we're going to be doing. So if you do want to get on board, um, head to our Facebook site uh, and and put your list together of things that you've really enjoyed this year because it's not been a normal year. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of streaming things that people have caught up on because, I mean, there's stuff that I have have not seen and um, is on my list that I still want to try to watch before before the end of the year. There's a couple of Netflix movies that um, I've basically written down and would like to try to get to. One of them is called The Boys in the Band. So I don't know if you've seen that. No, but um, it, it's one that I would like to watch as well. Mm. Yeah, it's getting a lot of rave reviews and it, you know, attention. So. Yeah, it looks fantastic. And it's um, it, all the – so it is based on a um, – a play, I believe. So oh, Jim Parsons. I have seen this. Sorry, yes. Uh, Jim's, yes. Um, I watched, I did watch, I was thinking of another film, but no, ah. I have seen this. Yes, based on a play and it very much feels like a play when you're yes. watching it too. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely looks like it plays out like a play. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm sure you can speak to it more than myself because I've only watched the trailer. But I have watched it three times because I'm like, I really must watch that. Because every time I watch the trailer, it just looks so entertaining. But it is about a a party. Is it set in 1968? It is set late 60s. Late 60s. I believe, yeah, no, late 60s in... New York? Uh, New York, yeah, mm. definitely. And it's set in, a, in an apartment, but it's very stylish. It's, mm. it's, it's nice to watch. It's, um, yeah, there's obviously it's a lot of dialogue because it is based on a play. But, yeah, some interesting characters. And, yeah, you've got Jim Parsons, who is great uh, in the film as well. And there's um, Zachary Quinto's in it. You've got uh, uh, Matt Bomer. There's, let me have a look... Andrew Rennells is in this film, so it, there's yeah. it's um a, a, I I just feel like um Netflix are really kicking a lot of goals when it comes mm-hmm. to representing the LGBTQI community, and this is another example mm-hmm. of how they're doing that because this film is about a um a group of gay men who are having a party, and um you see over the night how their relationships from the past come up to to, you know, uh, tap everybody on the shoulder and remind people of the past, I guess. And, yeah. And because I think there's a storm or something and they st- get stuck inside. I can't, I don't. It yeah, it's more or less they end up playing a game of kind of truth or dare. At one point there's an unexpected visitor that kind of rocks the party. So, yeah, no, it's an interesting one. And I have a feeling there's uh, the play is being produced in Perth by oh. an amateur theatre company 
who I've seen advertised all over my Facebook. I'm just trying to get the details, but I think that would be fantastic to see that here in Perth if you live locally yeah. but, and then go and see or watch the film. But um, So the great thing about this film is that all the cast members who are playing gay characters are gay uh, themselves. So I just think that's that's great that the people, um, you know, they've, that's that's how it should be done. So oh, the event has passed. I do. Oh, that's, that's horrible. Bummer. But you can so, watch yeah. the film on Netflix. So. Yes, <laughs> you can. Um, I still want to try to get around to the Charlie Kaufman film. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things on Netflix. Um, I don't know if I want to watch the Social Dilemma. The the. The documentary about you know because uh, I already know it's pervasive like it's <laughs> just it's it probably knows what underwear I put on this morning honestly uh, it's a little bit scary um, but yeah there's there's a bunch of things I'd like to squeeze in but I don't think it's going to happen so we'll see how that goes but we can put one more film on the list of films that we have seen this year and that is Words on Bathroom Walls. Um, so this, I should get the information in front of me so I don't, um, you know, say the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, just entertain yourselves. I'm not like Cecilia who writes stuff down as prepared. Oh, I was not. I couldn't even find my review for um, a Christmas gift from Bob, so I kind of ended up speaking a bit out of out of place before. Oh, so that's it probably right. was not concise at all. So... <laughs> Words on Bathroom Walls follows a, a teenage boy who's in his last year of high school. So he's in his senior year and he has halfway through the year he suffers from a psychotic break. Um, I think that's what they're calling it. Um, and he gets diagnosed as uh, schizophrenic and just that's that's all in the trailer so I'm not um, spoiling anything for you. Uh, but as a result he basically has to leave that particular school and he goes to a new school um, and he's he's trying to control his illness as well as getting to know um, a, a young lass called Maya. So there's a little bit of a love story happening as well. And then you've got his, um, his mum who has welcomed somebody new into her life as well. Um, Molly Parker plays his mum brilliantly and her new partner's name is Paul and he's played by Walton Goggins. <laughs> and when I saw him in this film, I just, I was so interested by the casting and by the end of the film, even more so. Mm. Like, and I just think they did such a great job with casting in this film, honestly. Um, and Andy Garcia plays Father Patrick, which is fantastic because I don't think I've seen him for a, a very, very long time. Um, but Adam is the, he is the protagonist of this story and he he sees things and he hears things and uh, the things that he sees are um, manifestations, I guess, of, of his illness. So you've got... Um, Anna Sophia Rob playing Rebecca, who's kind of like a hippie, mm. peaceful kind of spirit that that dwells in him there somewhere. Um, you've got Devin Bosdick playing uh, Jacquin or w- Wakeem. Oh, Wakeem. Wakeem. Yeah, because yep. I was like, oh, Wakeem Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and his character is basically saying all of the things that uh, a teenage boy probably is saying in his brain. <laughs> um, so, and then you've got the bodyguard who um, 
is kind of like his protector and, uh, yeah, he has to continually tell him to just relax, settle down, keep calm. The whole time I was watching that film, I was trying to figure out who that guy was that was playing the bodyguard and I don't know where I've seen him before but he's got such an interesting face. Um, But I I just looked at his filmography and there's nothing that's jumping out of me. But he was was great. Um, An amazing cast and... Taylor Russell plays Maya and it's a very complicated role that she has to play as well because she's she's falling in love with this person who has a lot of secrets. Obviously, he's not open about his mental illness, um, but she's got her own secrets that she's trying to keep mm-hmm. from him as well. So it's it's an interesting kind of dynamic that they've got going on there. The, the acting in this film is so phenomenal. Mm. Um, Charlie Plummer, who plays Adam, is just hands down fantastic but then Taylor Russell who's playing Maya there's something about her that is just it's like she's an old soul or something she just brought so much character um and yeah Walter Goggins and um and uh Molly Parker who are playing the parental figures are fantastic as well and then there's a nun played by Beth Grant who um is kind of typecast a lot as kind of like the nasty lady. Um, <laughs> and so she is a little bit typecast as, as a nun in this film. Uh, she just has that harsh look about her and I guess it's just it's made her career and she's done well by it. So keep, keep going. Um, this is a really emotional film to watch uh, because Adam is really struggling to try to maintain some sense of normality in this new school and trying to take these drugs so that he is not seeing these hallucinations but then the drugs are having an effect on him that he doesn't like either so it's it's like is it better the devil you know or you know what do you do so it's yeah it's a balancing act for him Mm. There are a lot of um, tears in this film from me. I'm glad I bought my tissues. It, it is an emotional film and there's a couple of things in this film that I really like and I think one of them is this idea that you, you present a mental illness on screen because it's not something we see often and to present it in a way or where you've got a young protagonist dealing with these issues I think is really important because I think it sends the right message or at least gives you know, people who might be experiencing, um, you know, either schizophrenia or similar issues, maybe the, you know, the courage to realise that you aren't your illness, which is kind of the message in this film. It's you're Mm. not your illness. This is something you're dealing with, but it doesn't have to completely you you can still have dreams and and I think you know it doesn't have to define you exactly and you know the really important part in this film is that Adam has this goal he wants to be a cook or a chef sorry so he has this desire to go to cooking school and I think that he's you know he's constantly trying to get there throughout the film and he's not letting his illness try and you know push him down Mm. there was a really interesting monologue of his where he compares mental illness with um, other illnesses such as cancer and things like that Mm. and how people see different illnesses so differently and I think that was really interesting but yeah no really emotional film it was interesting that it was I mean I've I don't know how people with schizophrenia um, 
see or hear things. I think some people battle from the auditory, you know, side of things. Others see things. I don't know if the representation on screen is exactly how people who are suffering from this would see or hear things. I'm not 100% sure because they're ve- it's very vivid, these hallucinations, mm-hmm. like people in front of him. I'm not sure if that's, I mean, I'm not, I can't And I'm speak. sure it's different for everybody. For everybody. Yeah. And th- there's a couple of really important things uh, that came up in this film. One of them, which is a serious issue in um, in the homelessness of people who have mental health issues, and it's not just people who have schizophrenia. You've got a lot of people who have got anxiety or depression who fall through the gaps and they just paying for their mortgage or paying for the bills or going to work, it's all just too much and then they just fall through the gaps and end up on the street Mm -hmm. and it's very very common that the people who are living on the street do suffer some form of mental illness and then there was another thing that came in you saw her dad um maya's dad dealing with a a physical like an injury Mm -hmm. and you i just thought about in america how much that would be costing him to not just not be working but also the medical mm-hmm. bills that come in because of that. And the other thing to that I thought was really relatable is schizophrenia itself is not um, that relatable to most people. Um, but I think what is relatable is that voice inside his head that I think is in everybody's head, mm-hmm. whether it's very quiet or very loud or sometimes you only hear it every now and again, Maybe you wake up and hear it every day. And it's that voice that tells you you're not good enough. Mm. You're a waste of space. You're not what your parents wanted. You're making everybody's life more difficult. And that doesn't have to be because that person is schizophrenic. It could be because they're suffering from depression. It could be because they've gone to school and they're they're dealing with bullying or whatever it is and they feel like they're just too scared to talk to somebody about it because they don't want to be a burden Mm. it's super common and I think it's a really good film um Kathy was saying to to watch you know as a teenager or as somebody who has teenage kids one of the things that the mum says when she's talking to Adam is let's get on the same team Mm. because at the end of the day it it can be really hard to be a parent and you get angry with your child for doing whatever, but at the end of the day, you want to be on the same team. And I really liked their um, their relationship and how supportive she was. And I just felt so sad for him that he had this this voice that was constantly telling him that he was just um, in the way. Mm. And it's unfortunately for a lot of teenagers, it is a very common voice and it is pervasive and continues on through adulthood if it's not, you know, looked at and dealt with at, mm-hmm. in those teenage years because the teenage years are very, very hard. They are hard. So much going yeah. on. And it's a time where you do, you know, drift away from your parents mm. and, you know, you and parents must find that really difficult too. So I think that's really important, you know, get on the same team. You know, if you're not feeling well, talk to your parents because they will understand. Mm. Um, talk to a friend, you know, talk to somebody if you are hearing those kind of, you know, or having those thoughts because, you know, 
yeah, this character in this film pushes past those and, mm. and you know, achieves things, um, has great relationships, you know, he's, you know, has a great relationship with his parents. So, yeah, I think that um, it is an important film and very emotional, a bit of an emotional roller coaster. It, w- it I was, was. Smiling, then I was crying, then I was smiling, then I was crying, and then I was yeah. smiling. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is a really, really great film and I think important to be seen, mm. whether you're a parent or someone who's got teenage kids or just yourself because it's it's nice to see, um, you know, that related on screen. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has that voice. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you're not alone. So if you need to speak to somebody, it's always going to be a good decision to yeah. do that. So go seek help if, if you need it. It's a sign of strength not weakness. Absolutely. So on that note, I'm going to give this um, four boxes of tissues. Oh, I'm going to score this. I thought of something earlier. Oh, four chef's hats. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what else do we have to talk about? I, it, it sounds like it's a bummer movie. It's really not. No, you do leave feeling uplifted. Yeah, I think you do feel leaving uplifted. I think it just does tackle those important issues, mm-hmm. which I think is, is yeah, it's important. So they need to be mentioned and yeah. then that way we can come out, you know, and, yeah, but it is a great film with a nice ending. So. Yeah, it does definitely leave you feeling uplifted. So don't don't think it's a, just completely a downer. It's, it's a great film. <laughs> anyway. Ah, anyway, moving on. Maybe we should have left that one to last. That was last. Oh, we have one more thing. Sorry, Oliver Sacks. We do. His own life. His own life. So uh, Dr. Oliver Sacks was a neurologist who um, was also really well known for writing about his patients and cases in a really interesting way that the general public could understand. So um, notably, The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat is a novel by, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Oh, I definitely have heard of that. I've heard of that, never read it, but that is by him. So he... Yeah, he's, he's really good at kind of, yeah, putting his case studies together. So, you know, uh, there was also a film called uh, Awakening starring Robin Williams <gasps> yes. and Robert De Niro, which is based on one of his novels also. So I think huh. a lot of people who don't know who Oliver Sacks is will recognise a lot of his novels mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, novels that have been adapted into films. So, you know, and he worked with a lot of different patients, patients with, um, you know, encephalitis lethargica, which was a huge disorder. Um, I can't quite remember. For a long time. Yeah. And it was really they didn't know how it was happening and yes. how to cure it. And I don't think there technically is any cure. In yeah. in Awakenings, I know there was a period where they got success, but at, at the end of the day, it, you know, the people end up um, in a catatonic state. Yes. And even though they're kind of mentally there, they're not yeah, able to do anything. Fascinating. And I think there was a period where it was ravaging like mm. through, you know, different parts of the world and it was really unknown as to where it came from. Yeah, and they couldn't quite figure out yeah. exactly what started it. I think they sort of thought maybe somebody got sick and then that affected their... Yeah. That was where it started. Yes. But, yeah, it's... Um, thankfully it's a not mystery. very prevalent. Yeah, but it is definitely a medical mystery. It is. Um, he also worked with patients with Tourette's, uh, autism and schizophrenia. So, um, you know, people with neurological disorders essentially. So, 
And he was really interested in how these disorders or how people with these disorders experienced things and their perceptions and their outlook on life compared to people who didn't suffer these neurological conditions. So he was a man of the mind and he really liked to share those stories with other people also. So this documentary paints a bit of a picture of his life. So there's interviews with um, him himself, um, which were filmed before his death in 2015. Oh, okay. Uh, he was aged 82. Um, there's also some archival footage and interviews with friends and colleagues as well. So he was asked to do this um, just after a cancer diagnosis. So he sat down and, and kind of went through his life. But it took him until 82 to realise how important his work was. He was one of these people who didn't really realise the impact that he had made uh, and the things um, or the impact he had on his patients essentially. So mm. I think those interested in urology or medicine will really enjoy this and, you know, people who know Oliver Sacks will really enjoy this film. For me, it was a little bit long and I didn't know a lot about him so it took me a little while to get into it but I think because it mixes his kind of interviews with, you know, real medical and science-related stuff, that kind of got me intrigued. So mm. I think, yeah, it's an interesting one um, and it's screening exclusively at Luna from December 3rd, which is today. So if you do want to catch that one, um, I scored it, or well, I'm going to score it at two and a half um, purely because I feel like that's an average score. Uh, and maybe I'm not its audience, but I do mm. think people interested will enjoy this film. So Yeah, it sounds particularly interesting mm. to me. I, I love all of that medical stuff. I find it so it I I just love learning how things connect and how they work <laughs> and human bio was always my favorite um at school and everything. But then I think I could never do anything in that field. I don't want to touch people or <laughs> I kept I kept trying to think of something that would involve the body as a career but every time I thought of something I'd be like mm, eventually I'm gonna have to touch somebody yes. and I don't want to do that so <laughs> I'll just read about stuff it's part of the job there was um a book recently uh that I read by Bill Bryson called The Body and I absolutely loved it and it's all about you know how the body works and um different parts of the body and and it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So I, I reckon that movie's right up by Ali. So. Excellent. There's a, a show on Netflix and I can't recall its name, but it's based on these invisible illnesses. So people who have illnesses that are undiagnosed. And they, I watched yeah, that. Yeah, they use social media to, uh -huh. um, I suppose, reach out to other people who are experiencing and may have a diagnosis. And, um, yeah, it's it's very fascinating, the power mm -hmm. of um, social media and how other people's conditions, yeah, I, I found it really fascinating to see yeah. how that works. So That was super interesting, mm. all these, like, mystery illnesses yes. that they were trying to get some kind of a diagnosis on. Um, gee, I wish I remember what that was called. But, yeah, I, I loved it. I love all that medical stuff. I don't want to see an operation or anything. Don't get me wrong. Not interested in that. Um, but just it's, yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. It is fascinating. Um, on that note, I guess it is time to start wrapping up. There's a couple of more things that are open today. Um, the Bee Gees, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart, is is showing at Luna. 
excuse me, I'm losing my voice, and also The Prom, which is based on a true story, I think, uh, and I think it will eventually hit Netflix, but that's also showing at Luna. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I am choking, um, but that's fine. That's. Do you want me to talk quickly while you um, finish choking? <laughs> um, I Just quickly, there's also a couple more. Um, we were mentioning how Words on Bathroom Walls is technically out next week, mm-hmm. but it, there are um, sneak peeks this week at lots of different uh, locations. I know, for instance, that, that it's showing at Ace Cinemas, mm-hmm. but Ace Cinemas has also got um, sneak pe- previews of The Witches, uh, which is officially out on, on the 10th. I've no interest in seeing that at <laughs> Neither all. Neither do I for some reason. I don't know why. I'm just uh, like, because eh. the original is um, a classic <laughs> and I don't need Anne Hathaway to ruin it for me. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, and, and Promising Young Woman with Carrie Mulligan is also having some preview screenings this <laughs> week and this weekend, I should say, and it looks phenomenal. Mm, um, it does, yeah. Yeah, so it's... Actually, I don't know if that's screening this weekend or if it's just that, that there's um, some upcoming screenings uh, in December, but it, it just looks so fascinating and it's about a woman who basically goes to bars and pretends to be really drunk and then um, gets picked up by the most grotesque of men and then when she gets um, back to their apartments and they're basically trying to take advantage of her because they think she's drunk. She goes, <laughs> actually, I'm not drunk. Um, and it all kind of started because she went to school with somebody or university with somebody who um, was raped at, at, at university and then the person kind of got away with it because you wouldn't want to ruin his university career by saying anything. Mm. And it's very common. Um, there's a lot of sexual, um, you know, rapes and assaults that happen at, at universities that don't, that get swept under the rug because a, a lot of American universities don't want their reputations tarnished. So... Um, <clears throat> it looks like a fantastic movie though. So It does look very, very good. Mm. Um, I'll just quickly mention The Crossing, uh, which premieres as part of the Rev Film oh, Festival. Um, that is screening Thursday, the 10th of December at 8.35 Luna Leaderville. But there's also one on the 12th at 2pm at the Perth Backlot. So I might just give it a review next week um, prior to that screening. I did speak about it a couple of weeks ago, so it's not a big deal. Um, but it had its world premiere at the Toronto Independent Film Festival and it took home Best Film in the micro-budget category. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it, it's a great film. So I'll speak a bit more about that next week. But if you do want to catch that screening at 8.35 uh, Luna Leaderville, you'll have to do so before you hear the review. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the, the Revelation Film Festival does kick off next week on the 9th and it goes until the 20th. And it's got all sorts of um, fascinating films features uh, from all around the world, Germany, the UK, Hungary, Ukraine, the USA, Mexico, Australia, of course. And then it's also got um, a bunch of documentaries. And again, from all over the world, you've got the UK, Romania, um, Australia as well, Norway, Netherlands. So 
again, a lot of um, great documentaries that you possibly wouldn't be able to see in any other way mm. than through the Revelation Film Festival. There's also a lot of shorts that show before the features and before the documentaries. And again, this is a great way to see um, new or watch new directors and new artists emerging before they, you know, step out and Become maybe famous. do fe- features. <laughs> so know them before they get uh, nominated for Oscars and all that sort of stuff. So do go online and have a look at um, at everything that's on office, uh, on office, on offer, revelationfilmfest.com is where you'll find all that information. We will be back next week talking about more films. I'm going to leave you with a Christmas song um, recommended by you, Rachel, called Candy Cane Lane by Sia. I hope I've picked the right one, but we'll find out. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.